Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndre Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all new episode of Just Let It Glow Podcast. Thanks for joining. Enter the glow. Today is like a real unorthodox episode because your girl is burnt out and I didn't have time to come up with an outline. So we're vibing through and through, which is great because this is the last episode of the year and this has been a very chaotic year so it's pretty much on brand for me at this point but you know we're gonna rock out so um basically let me talk about my week I think I'm just like at the point of like everything is happening at once and nothing's happening at the same time like nothing that I want to happen is happening or it feels like it like you know how when people say things unravel at the seams to eventually come together that's kind of how I feel um like where it's like I'm super super busy but it's not really necessarily always busy with things I want to happen it's just everything that has happened throughout this year good bad or indifferent are just rushing to me at this point and my brain is like an overstimulated like I just feel that's probably what I feel I feel overstimulated like I'm having too many conversations I'm doing too much work I'm having too many thoughts too many emotions just too much like I don't know if everybody else feels like that like I had to like meditate before I recorded because my brain was just so clouded like I just felt like overstimulated that's this episode is probably going to call overstimulated because that's just how I feel like a bit much but let me tell you guys some good shit that been going on so I I had fun this weekend one of my things in therapy is make sure I carve out time to like enjoy life and do things that I want to do not necessarily things I have to do I was trying to do like going to the gym every single day in December, but what I didn't put into plan is just how chaotic December is. Like December is like the most chaotic month of my life or anybody's life because you really think about it. Work is crazy because it's the end of the year. Everybody's trying to get stuff done. Everybody is the hustle and bustle. Your finances is just all over the place because it's the holiday season, but bills still happen, right? So there's that. Then it's you want to go out and do stuff because you want to put yourself in a holiday um, cheerful mindset. You're trying to combat seasonal depression. You know, you're trying to get your mind right. You're thinking about how many goals you accomplished. So mentally, you're thinking about, oh, damn. Did I get this goal done? Did I get that goal done? Um, Let's go hang out with this person. Let's do this. Let's start to think about how we want the next year of our lives to look. Let me um, reevaluate things that I don't, you know, necessarily care for this year. What I want to improve about myself next year. What goals would I like to reach? And it just seems like everything has to happen at once, right? That's how I feel. Then it's just the regular day-to-day, all life things that happen and all of the things, um, you know, you kind of just push through and you just learn how to just put bury it in the back of your mind. But it's something about December where that end of the year thing makes you reflect on everything you overcame throughout the year and it's a great feeling to feel like oh, wow I really pushed through 
But on the other hand, it's like, shit, I, it, this has been a tough-ass year, you know? And you just just trying to figure it all out. And that is where I am. And then in the midst of it, the most chaotic things happen around the summer year. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, everything could be quiet. And then right after Thanksgiving, it's like, boom, 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 boom. Just a bunch of bombs dropping all over the place. And then, you know, you try to find the glow in it all, try to stay positive, right? Trying to feed more into yourself and think more about the positive things that I have accomplished. And honestly, you guys have been a part of the reason why I am happy around this time of the year now. I just saw like some of the analytics from this past year and on Spotify alone, my following and my listenership this year has increased by 26%, which is super amazing because this time last year, I was very nervous about losing listenership because I would be doing this by myself. And the fact that it increased, it just honestly gave me the push that I didn't know I needed because I was still very hesitant and nervous. Like, am I doing the right thing? Like, are people engaged? Is this where I want to be? Like, am I doing, you know, the good work, you know? And um, just seeing that from just one platform, that's not even like my most popular platform. My most popular platform is Apple Music. And I haven't looked at the analytics for that, but just to know on Spotify alone, that I'm pushing through and that an episode I did, my first episode by myself was my most popular episode on that platform. So I feel really good. Um, I'm reflecting back. I able to do like a November challenge that you all participated in and I absolutely love. I did my first partnership this year. I had an event. I sold a little bit of merch. I know exactly what you guys like, what I want to put out next year. Um, started a book club and I created some healthier habits and created a safe space for other people. So I am proud about the way that the podcast is going. And as always, I'm definitely looking forward to doing things even more last year and next year. And I am definitely working hard on not playing small and playing safe. Because now I know that we are locked in and ain't no switching up and that y'all fool with you with the girl. And, you know, it's funny because someone I'm close to was just like, oh, my God, you're just so confident. I'm like, I'm glad you, you, you know, you can see that. But I am, I have just as much worries as everybody else. I'm just as, you know, conscious about things. I worry. Um, I just try to push through my thoughts because I know that, it's a part of self-sabotage to have these thoughts and that imposter syndrome. Even though I'm currently crushing goals and I'm doing well, it is just a part of the imposter syndrome that just makes me feel a lot of times that I'm just existing and things are happening. And I, my brain is telling me that one part of my brain is telling me that, you know, certain things are undeserving or I don't do enough or I'm not accomplished as much. And then the other side of my brain is like, no, 
you do this shit with ease. You got this. Like, you're fire. Things happen. Good things happen. You're a good person. You deserve these things. You work hard and nothing is given to you. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but that's where my brain is a lot of the times. And um, through the podcast and through different lives and talking to you guys, it's, defi- it's definitely comforting to know, like, I'm not the only person that can feel like that. And um, I'm a work in progress and I'm definitely not where I was last year around this time. Like, like, like I'm stressed, but I feel like there is a lot of good things that are happening. I'm not as nervous about the future. I think I'm just like, I just been pushing, 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 pushing through a lot. And I just need like a breather. That's like, I need like time to like relax, relate, release, get my mind right restructure my life um and push push forward um but we'll get into my yearly goals towards the end of the episode right now it's just been some stuff that I wanted to discuss because it brings on like deeper conversations and um I definitely want to talk about it because I feel like it's one of those things where um it's one of those silent things in our communities, not just black communities, but like American, where young men are most of the time are dating women that are a lot older when they are teenagers and pretty much children are taken advantage of and nobody really sees them as victims. And I also say before, like I'm somebody that dated somebody older when I was a teenager. When I was 17, I dated somebody older. And at the time, I knew that I shouldn't have been talking to them, but I also felt like, oh, you know, he said I'm mature, so I'm mature, you know? And I felt like I was in control of the situation, even though I really wasn't. Um, And for a little bit, that situation definitely tainted how I view dating. And from talking to different, like, male friends or guys that I've dated in the past and knowing that, they had lost like their virginity or, you know, pretty much been taken advantage of by older women that really kind of just turned them out and done things with them that was just way too mature for their age that they struggled, you know, with intimacy and commitment and things like that because they were just exposed to things very early. So there is a cheerleading coach that is very popular on TikTok. I definitely, like, I don't know if I would tell y'all I love, like, dance, majorette stuff, cheerleading. Like, I don't know. I always, if it's a video where people are dancing or, like, doing stuff like that, I'm going to watch it. So they went viral. It's the Myro Cheerleaders in Georgia, somewhere in Georgia. The head coach has gone viral with the girls. She's um done like little videos where she's like rapping during the pandemic about coming back up. She's come up with really great choreography that was um recreated through other people on social media. Definitely viral sensations. She seems very involved with the girls and seemed like just like a overall great mentor for the young ladies that were on her cheerleading squad. So earlier last week it came out that it was alleged that she, her name is Adriana Williams, 
it's alleged that she had a relationship with um a young man that is on the cheerleading and not cheerleading on a football squad. Um, there is an alleged uh picture. Even though I saw the picture, I couldn't really tell if it was her or not. But people are saying that it's her, and it looks like they were to be kissing. Um, also, a video was taken of them at the school, and it looked like a really dark auditorium. And she was in a, um, they were in pajamas. It looked like like a school event where they had like wear pajamas to school or whatever. Um, it just looked really bad on her standpoint, and because of the things that went viral, because she was just like a viral cheerleader, a lot of it hit the internet really fast and the school put her on administrative leave where she ended up resigning, um, ultimately resigning. And then um, she was charged with um, a couple of things. I'm going to go to Gossip in the City. Um, Adriana Williams, 31, was arrested on two counts of sexual assault by teacher, principal, assistant principal, other administrators. She posted a $2,000 bond Tuesday afternoon. On Wednesday, December 13th, a Doherty County teacher was placed on administrative leave. A statement released by Doherty County School System said the discipline was connected to a possible inappropriate relationship between a mild comprehensive high school teacher and a student. Um, yeah, that was, she was arrested December 19th. Um, this is what gossip in the city said. The teacher who was in a picture kissing a student, a kid in a mouth and having relations with the minor had the nerve to do her hair like it's a photo shoot. The system is a joke. Her bill was only $2,000 so you can be a predator and only pay $2,000 to get out of jail these days and the principal is protected because her father is the principal there. Everyone should be outraged. These people are monsters in nice clothing and, um, some of the comments said, I need more details. I just can't believe this is this. I've been watching her TikTok for almost two years and her students love her. Wow, she does so much good on the internet. Um, someone else said, don't know grown woman what a child like at all. Hold her candle as if she was a man. This is my first time hearing about it. I'm disgusted. What can we do to get her dad fired? Um, to me... I'll say this. I don't know if she actually did it. Like, I don't know. I I feel like they wouldn't arrest her if there wasn't some type of linkage or if there wasn't some type of inappropriate relationship because, you know, people just don't want to jump. That's a very huge allegation. She's also married um, with a child. Um, so I feel like for them to arrest her is is it has to be some truth to it and it has to be some type of inappropriateness. Um, although we, you know, we don't have all the knowledge. And like I said, the things I saw on the internet, it's, I can't really tell if that was true or not. You know what I mean? I can't, I couldn't really, what was proven on it, when, what was leaked to the, to the internet, I couldn't really tell. But I feel like a deeper conversation is, a lot of women get away with this type of things when it comes to young men. I think that while we often talk to young girls as we should about predators and, you know, that can be in their face, I feel like explaining to our young boys that that is also very predatory and that they should feel safe at school and that teachers or 
babysitters or cheerleading coaches or tutors or whoever else or that fine chick that live up the street should not touch you or have relationships with you because you are a child. Mainly, I felt like I think when I really realized like, oh, wow, that situation I was in was just like very weird, very inappropriate was because when I turned like 22, 23, I was like, I was working at high school and I was like, damn, I wouldn't, I don't understand how that guy was talking to me because a teenager is a teenager and I would never have even thought to pay attention to any fucking teenagers. Even when I was like 18, I wouldn't have never talked to like a 15 year old or a 16 year old. Like that's weird. Um, And that it definitely said a lot about the person I was dealing with that either, I don't know if he, like I said, back when I was younger, it was very normal for for girls to date older guys. And I remember I went, I think somebody went on prom. It wasn't my prom. It was another prom. And this guy brought like his girlfriend and that bitch was like a grown ass woman. And nobody like said nothing. And I remember like, when the girls and I, like, the girls in my year was going to prom, like, it was a thing about, like, you couldn't bring older guys. Like, I think it was something like nobody could be over 21 in the tender prom. So, I definitely think it's a conversation that we got to keep continuing having with people and watch these women. I had a friend that told me, like, at 13, he had his first situation with an older woman. And, like, she basically threw it at him, and he felt like they would, other people would think he was gay if he didn't have, you know, sex with her, and he just didn't know what to do. Like, he never had sex before, he was scared, he didn't want people to talk about him, and the woman was just, she was, she was, like, 18, he was, like, 13, and she was a woman, she was just like, you know, what you scared, what you ain't never had, you know you know, kitty cat or whatever, and he felt pressured to do it. But after, you know, kind of kept dealing with, like, older girls because girls his age wasn't really having sex and they weren't doing the things that an 18-year-old and 19-year-old would do. So it's all highly inappropriate. And I think, um, just like I say about men, um... If you are a woman and you know somebody that likes to date little teenage boys or flirt with them or say weird shit, check them. Because I feel like people are just real weird. It's like that. Remember on Moesha when um, Dorian was dating that older chick and she was like 24 and her friends was like, bitch, you going to jail? That's that's basically how you do it. And I'm going to call the cops on you. I'm going to call the cops on you every single time. It's getting weird. Um, For her sake and for that little boy's sake, I really hope it's a lie. But I just don't feel like people would actually lock her ass up if it was a lie. You know, like, highly inappropriate. Highly, highly inappropriate. Also, I'm going to another thing that's inappropriate. Um. Actor Christian Creek speaks out about being sexually harassed by a powerful man in the energy industry. And he says he has repeats again. Also, one of those things where we often see women discuss being uh, mistreated in the entertainment industry. And we don't even believe them. 
So I can only imagine a man that is presumably straight being solicited by another man and being scared to speak about it um, out of fear of being blackballed and not be able to live out his dreams or provide for his people. So I'm going to play a little bit of his live. Give me one second. Talk to you about some stuff, and, and it's been on my heart, so I want to speak on it. <clears throat> All right. Um. Good evening. Hope everybody's doing amazing. Um. I am. I've been speaking to my brother about making a declaration of my experience. Um, what I experienced with certain powers that be that were moving inappropriately. And I really, like it's in my bone marrow to discuss that because thankfully God built me the way that he built me, but I... I'm not sure, you know, based on this person's claims and, and brags um, that he's literally got. At the same time, this person was sexually, sexually harassing me for years. Um, he was claiming, you know, that he had multiple young black men on the payroll and they just had to show up when he was when he requested them to be there and clearly that's why it was it felt to him that it was okay to say these things and I, I really I want to have these discussions. I want to be transparent with y'all about that. I've done my best to forgive this person, but it happens. It happens. Um, it's not just women that have to deal with it, but it's also men sometimes. And it'll be men tempting men. And that's why a lot of my posts over the last few years have been about taking the scenic route, you know, taking a long way around because if that means that you can carry your integrity with you, then, and it's 11-11. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another opportunity to connect with you. Um, please forgive my sins, my shortcomings, my bad decisions, and my mistakes. Um, please continue to guide and protect us as only you can. Everybody that's watching, um, it's not a presentation if I see 11-11 I try to have another conversation with God so thank you Heavenly Father I appreciate you we love you we thank you in Jesus Christ name we pray amen um that's interesting but there are there are uh, yeah went on to discuss other things like he was um allegedly told by this person that 
he would get paid a hundred thousand dollars if he would allegedly take off all his clothes and just stood there while the person did whatever they wanted to do, look at him, touch themselves, do whatever. Um, he turned it down. They were kind of pressuring him to do it. Um, people are are speculating that because of his work with Tyler Perry, that he's talking about Tyler Perry, although he did not um, reference the name. He didn't say a race. He didn't say anything um, regarding who the person is or the type of work that they do. He just said it was a billionaire or and um, very influential and very um, has a good reputation about themselves. That could literally be anybody. You know, I think the easy thing is due to his work with Tyler Perry is to believe it's Tyler Perry. Um, I don't know who it is, but I also feel like people, instead of, of saying, you know, like, hey, we support you. Sorry that this happened to you. A lot of women are saying that it's much like what happened with Terry Crews that men are like, if you ain't going to say who it is, then be quiet. I don't know why it just behooves people to make you to try to force you to say who it is, but they don't understand the ramifications if you do it. I don't know how many more ways we can explain this and how many more scenarios. Being a victim is not easy in these type of situations. You have to actually prove a crime was committed you are potentially at the point where you could lose everything. And when you speak about it, sometimes you speak about it in public just to let the abuser know that you want to be left the hell alone and to back the freak back. You know, like, back up, leave me alone. I'm not playing. Stay away from me, you know, because you feel like you have no other choice. I'm sure he's went to lawyers. If it's a powerful person, he may not can even afford the type of lawyer that he would need. Uh, much like when we talked about with Cassie, where they're like, oh, you stayed in there for how long? I know people that were in abusive situations with people that had far less and stayed in it. Had terrible things happen to them and stayed in it. We all know people like that. We know people who um, worked at jobs that have dealt in certain situations with men or women just so that they be able to maintain the livelihood because you know this person might be influential they might be scared to talk that's what that's why we do these sexual harassment trainings and stuff like that you know i don't know how many more ways over the last 10 years we've discussed the me too movement and between the terry cruz situation where a um television agent was soliciting sex for him to the point where he had to bring his wife to his meeting so that he wouldn't be assaulted and people are like well you big grown man yeah he's a big black man in this world if he attacks somebody he's going to jail as a woman if you defend yourself if you put a name to it you're a better gold digger that didn't get what she wants you know while some people don't always tell the truth, a lot more people do. And at this point, pressuring him to tell y'all who it is when nobody can help him when the shit hits the fan, when nobody is there to provide a solution for him 
is 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 very asinine to say, you know. And I think that we have to be careful of the things that we say and the things we put out there and the pressures we put on other people. Because if you stand, if you had to stand a few minutes in a paint with them, you would fold every single time. We can always talk about what we would do, but more than likely, you have not been put in a situation where a fucking billionaire is doing this type of shit to you. Most of us will never be in a room with anybody that's a millionaire, let alone a billionaire that has endless power, especially in an industry that you are trying to thrive in. So, you know, that's some shit to think about. Um, I meant to tell y'all, over the weekend, I was able to go see an advanced screening of The Color Purple the musical baby i loved it it ate down i'm probably gonna go see it again because i missed the first few minutes of it but if you like musicals and this is not a corny musical um i would say go watch it the songs make sense at first i thought they was gonna be like singing like oh ceiling you sure is ugly but no it's not like that it's actually really good it's a really good reimagining of it it takes while you still see a lot of the terrible things that happen in the story to the characters, you also experience a lot of sisterhood, a lot of strength, um, without changing the story. You know what I mean? Um, I would say this, you know, I read the book in high school. I read The Color Purple in high school. Um, I've watched the movie. I told y'all Excuse me, I told y'all before I watched the movie most of my life all the time and um I didn't get to see the Broadway play. But even I was told this this film is different than the Broadway play in a lot of ways because you are able to see how someone that has been abused consistently, someone who plays small, someone who just has a really big heart in a lot of ways, somebody who life told them that they didn't deserve to be here but pour so much into other people while receiving literally nothing, get everything that she deserves and more, you start to see the strength it is to stand in the paint and be there for others when no one else can. And I feel like if you are somebody that naturally, no matter what's going on in your life, you know how to be there for other people and you expect nothing, you know, this is a movie for you to watch to see that strength and see how when you pour into the right people, it overflows into you later. When you do good things just because it feels good to do it, that because you feel like it's the right thing to do or because this person needs you, you're doing it and not expecting anything in return when you pour love. When you see people find the beauty in you just as who you are, you know, when you start to see that some other people's, the things that other people do to you have nothing to do with you and everything to do with their wicked and evil ways. And that while for a long time, it seems like they are just thriving and thriving and thriving and they have, karma has not bounced back at them. And you are sitting here thinking, you got to stop thinking about waiting for karma to hit the next person. You just got to leave them where they at, whether they are thriving or not. These are where they at and live your life and focus on you and don't give a shit about where what happens with them. Go live your life. Like this movie really just shows you when you live your life and you just remove yourself from the BS 
and you don't want nothing from that person but for them to leave you alone, watch how God blesses you. Watch how amazing life starts to become at no matter what age it is. And when you pour into the right people who are able to pour into you when you need it and create a family, a sisterhood, um, a safe space, Oh, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. The music was good as good too. It wasn't a bad actor in a movie. I'm gonna sing Fantasia's praises. Fantasia is an excellent silly. I didn't think about um um and I love Whoopi Goldberg as silly. I really, really do. But these are two different um stories and two different characters. I absolutely loved it. Danielle Brooks, Chef's Kiss as Sophia. And when you watch it, you see how you don't have to be super brawlic, you know, to show your strength as a black woman. You ain't got to be like, oh, I'm Sophia and I'm a whole lot of woman. You know, you just be somebody that life, people are mad when they can't beat you down about life, where they can't make you feel bad about who you are where they can't fuck with you mentally and because they can't they can't scratch the surface they'll do anything to make you feel down and that strength that you always had is still in you it just takes a moment for it to come back out and when the world when it feels like the world is beating down on you there will be somebody that is going to remind you who just who you are and that your strength inspires them to have their own so um, I really loved Sophia. Um, Danielle Brooks as Sophia. Definitely should be seeing supporting actress um, noms. Also, Siraji P. Henson and Suge Avery, she ate that up. I loved her in that movie. Um, I think that Siraji is such an amazing actress. You can tell she's definitely um, trained theatrically. Um, None of her characters ever seem the same. I feel like she is the black girl joy that is needed in this movie. I feel like her radiance, her smile. I get why everybody was enamored by Suge Avery. I get why she was magnetic when I read the book. And the first movie, I didn't really get that from the woman who played the character, No Shade. But Taraji just has that genocide quoi where she's just radiant and like you want to be around her. She she's able to pour that into the character where, you know, she's just like a magnet. Everyone is drawn to her from one way or the other. She makes everyone happy. She makes everything beautiful. Um, and she's just a woman that lives life on her own terms. And she shows you that you can do that. Like, you can live life however way you see fit. This is a woman in the early 1900s that you know, was a jazz singer, blues singer. She, you know, was sleeping with some lady husband in her house and sleeping with the wife, honey, and getting up and leaving both of them there and then go find her a husband and taking the wife with her to, like, this movie is everything. Like, Taraji P. Henson is, Suge Avery is the person that we needed to see. I can't see another person playing her. No shadow, you know? It just, it is what it is. Um, she also went, Tragic Pinson also went viral um, this morning because 
she had a bit of a breakdown when she was talking about the disparities between um black leading actresses and their counterparts and how financially they are still struggling and the type of things that they have to pour into and they still receive nothing. You know, Taraji is an Oscar-nominated actress. There should be a level of money she's offered straight off the rip, just like, you know, a Julia Roberts or a Meryl Streep or whoever else. Like, these are highly esteemed actresses that are put in Oscar-nominated movie at the nominated movie at the nominated movie. They are blockbuster bangers. They are able to sell out shows. They do their shit. They are get able to put butts in seats. They're able to get everybody to come out to see the show, to see a movie, to watch anything, you know? And they are not getting paid their just dues. And she discussed basically how much less they get. And I'm going to play this video. Um, hmm. Are you thinking about it? Um, I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. I'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over. Um, you get tired. I hear people go, you work a lot. Well, have to. The math ain't mathing. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Big bills come with what we do. We don't do this alone. The fact that we're up is a whole entire team behind us. They have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million. No, that's not that. That didn't make it to their account. Know that off the top. Uncle Sam is getting 50%. Right. Okay. So do the math. Now we have 5 million. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting off of what you gross. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Mm. So I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only human. And, and it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling, when it's time to renegotiate, I'm at the bottom again. Like I never did what I just did. And I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. So watching that video, it it, it just made me really feel bad because I'm just like, not necessarily for like women in the industry, but women in all industries, you know, where it's people that are literal, living a glamorous life. They're millionaires. They are working. You know, they seem to live the life that we all aspire to live. And they still are experiencing the same disparities that we experience as regular, you know, working professional women, black women in different film fields of study and arts and work and different demographics. And we all are like literally screaming from the top of our lungs the same exact thing. Like, I don't know a woman right now that is not screaming like hey i'm being i'm doing twice the work i'm working hard i'm not seeing the same um i'm not seeing the same pay that counterparts that i know don't do that don't look like me 
and they don't do as much work as me receive. You know, one of the most frustrating things I experienced last year when I was looking for a job was me having a degree, me doing, me in a field where I am literally helping people doing public health um, is a very important job and being told, oh, you're valued, but we just can't afford to pay you any money, any more money. And you do such a great job. You're an asset here. We love having you here. We just can't pay you. And then for them to hire somebody for a new position that they developed and not even think to ask me if I wanted that job, even if they paid $5,000 more, that's $5,000 I could have cut head, right? That would have changed from me needing to work several different jobs. So when she said, like, people were like, oh, she's always working. I felt that. Like, last year, I was always working. I had my my full-time job. I had a part-time job. I had a side hustle. If somebody was like, oh, yeah, um, I need you to bartend, I was bartending. If it was a brand ambassador job, I was doing it. If it was like a, hey, can you work this event for me? Yep, I was doing it. If it was my part-time job, after I was finished my full-time job, I was clocking in. I was working all the time. And to feel like you got to work all the time just to stay one step ahead, just to keep your head above water, that shit, it feels crazy. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I know people that work you know, and they are in like the tech field, but they do 10 times the work as everybody else on their team because they can't wait. Then they're picking up consultant work on the side because um, we all know in the tech world, you can get laid off at any given time. So you got to make sure you have money saved. You know, it's just that disparity and pay is just, we're all experiencing it and it, it contributes to all of our burnout and it's unfortunate that even after striking, women like Taraji and Viola Davis and Kiki Palmer and whoever else that we all look up to, they're just not getting paid. It's rid- ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I feel that way with, you know, friends of mine that went on to get secondary degrees and certifications and licenses and um, go in ahead and take another cert, get some more letters behind their name. And still, when they go out for these jobs that are supposed to be six figures, they're lowballing, freaking lowballing them and telling them this is their budget. Wow. Somebody that doesn't even do the work is banking in high end six figures just by showing up. It's very tough and it's very tough to be placed, you know, as a woman that is, I'm a very great worker. I feel like most of the women I know are just great. And sometimes people will keep you in a position because you're great there. You know, people would want to book Taraji P. Henson as cookie, give her a whole bunch of cookie rolls because she did cookie so great and they want her to make cookie do it again and again and again because she was successful as cookie. The same way we see Viola Davis as Annalise Keaton and Elise 
We want to keep making her Annalise over and over and over and over because she made that franchise money and they want to cash in on it. They, we see Niecy Nash and she is boisterous and she's sassy and she's hilarious and she makes everybody laugh. They want to try to put her in that role and they want to keep their foots on their neck. That's why, you know, even with Beyonce, she literally gave the most amazing concert film we have seen in decades, right? Literally an amazing show. Time for the Emmys or the Golden Globes that was just nominated. Taylor Swift swept it all up. Although people who have attended, critics that have attended both, said that Renaissance was the better film. Beyonce was not nominated. As black women, we have to work 10 times as hard just to get our foot in the room. If we want to be nominated, if we want to get compensation, we have to work 20 times as hard. We can't make mistakes and we can't complain. And we got to pull everybody else up with us as we do it. We have to advocate for everybody else as we see fit. I can't let, you know, the person under me get lowballed when it's time for them to get my old position when they finally decide to promote me, you know? Like what she was saying, Danielle Brooks is her, you know, is younger than her. She's looking up to her. So she can't set, let Danielle Brooks take a job that is only two million when they know they pay her, they're willing to pay her at least six. She gotta make sure she know she lets her know to pull her up to be like, you know what, X for ten so you can get that six. It's tough. It's very, very tough surviving out here. Even and I know a lot of people like that's rich people problems. She it's all of our problem. It's all of our problem. Cause the rich gonna get richer and the poor gonna get poorer. And as one of the leading people of education, entrepreneurs, we are influencers. We are trendsetters. We make the world go round. We make music hot. We make movies lit. We make style it. People get fashion and career choices and motherhood tips and everything from us. But we are not the ones that are able to, you know, become successful from it. Everything is influenced through the black woman, and it just becomes very sad when we see it, you know. And these are people who love what they do. But when you love what you do, it's no longer benefiting you. What do you do? What the hell can you do when what you love is no longer sufficient, you know? And um, a lot of other celebrities chimed in on it, but it's just tough as fuck. It's honestly just really freaking tough. And I, I find it really hard to, like, grasp sometimes the amount of, like, damn, I'm tired. Like, sometimes I really just be like, I am freaking tired. This is exhausting. And to know somebody like Taraji P. Henson, and we see the beautiful, you know, gowns and the beautiful events, and it's just like, damn, cheesh, leash. I wish it was me. <laughs> I wish it was. Um, last week we saw, we talk about relationships a lot on the show. And one of the things that hit me last week that made me feel so bad and felt, I felt 
like I understood the pain was when um Cardi B and I'm not gonna play that video because it's just sad. But Cardi B and Offset apparently had been separated for a little bit of time, and it was rumored by Blueface that Offset slept with his ex girlfriend Krishan Rock, and um he put it on the internet. And after her TikTok show, Cardi B announced, you know, that her Offset haven't been together for some time. And that she's been struggling with that and that um she doesn't believe that it's true. She hope it isn't true. But she just doesn't know, right? She doesn't know. And last week was Offset's birthday and apparently something must have went down because Cardi got on the internet and she was crying about the way that he treats her and how, you know, she's been there for him. And she was just saying, like, you know, she was just honestly that cry. If you have ever been, like, a good friend to one of your girls and they are just frustrated with the man in their life and it's, like, that unequivocal hurt and they are, like, just screaming and it's, like, sad and it's passionate and it's a lot of hurt there. That was the scream that I heard on when Cardi B. And I get it. When you are just literally trying to understand as much as you poured into somebody, as much love and grace and support you have shown them, how much they could just treat you like you ain't shit. Like everything that you did for them don't matter. Like you were supposed to, like you're just... Like, your enough wasn't enough. And that as much as they have love-bombed you, as much as they have done really great things to make you feel like they are to be trusted, every time they do you wrong, but then turn back around and tell you how much they love you, how much they need you, that you they can't survive without you, you know, all of that good stuff. We've all been there. And... They, they don't want you to give up on them, right? Like, don't give up on me yet. Be there for me. Stand in the paint with me. But it kind of becomes a point where they get into these moves where they feel like they don't need you to do shit, right? Like, they got where they wanted to be. They are good. They no longer need your love poured into them. They no longer need your ideas. They no longer need your connection. They don't need... They no longer need to be in your orbit to feel warm. They don't need to be on, you know, to feel your good energy. They they got full off of it already. Now, I don't need you. I don't, you know, I'm going to make you know, even though you never thought that you needed, I needed you, you know, I'm going to make you know that I don't need you. Women, we just pour love into the people that we love. It's never a reason is never really like you're going to be like, I, I'm going to pour into him or her, whoever you love him, her, them. And I'm going, if I do this, you know, they're going to love me forever and they're going to buy me a yacht. Like nobody does that shit. Women, we love hard because we want to make sure we're nurturers. We want to make sure everybody around us is taken care of, happy and loved. And if there's any way we can help you get there, we will. And I know how that feels when it seems like you is like somebody was just love bombing you. So in love, couldn't get up off of you. 
just want to be around you in your orbit. They talk to you, you know, they tell you things, they're accommodating, they're love bombing, and it's all of this other stuff. But the moment that they are on their two feet and they are thriving now because of you or because of the energy, like, you know, you poured into them or, you know, like in her case, the connections provided or whatever, whenever they're up on their feet and they're able to thrive, those type of guys are going to give you their ass to kiss every single time. Men like Offset, they are manipulators. They have insecurities that are not they're just gonna drive you fucking crazy until you have nothing left to pour into yourself and that's what i heard was like somebody that just finally reached a point of disrespect and pain and heartache and that realization like i'm older i can't go through the motions like this anymore I love this person with all of me and my being, but I have to leave this person alone. And that's so hurtful because you're mad at yourself. You're mad at them for treating you this way. You're mad at the universe for not allowing your love to grow in that way. You're just so angry. And then you just feel like, damn, I gave all I gave. I did so much. I did so much and I never got to thank you and I never required to thank you. I did so much and it just wasn't enough. And when you give your all and somebody tells you that shit ain't enough, it, like your best ain't enough and they treat you as if you did something, the worst of the worst things to them and you have literally done nothing but love them and you can't understand why, you know, they would treat you that way. That is a pain that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And one of the other things, I don't know what he did. I honestly don't. I really, really don't. But one of the things I have come to terms to realize is that I never want to stick around for somebody to show me how worse it can get if I don't pick myself first. Like, I do not want somebody to show me how just how bad it can get. I don't want that. I don't want somebody to be like, damn, I could do this, this, that, and the third, and she going to hang in there. I I don't want that. I never want somebody to ever feel like they can play with me to the point where they're just doing shit just to see what my threshold is. That type of mental torture is just way too much for me. It should be way too much for anybody. And this isn't about Cardi. I don't know what them people going to do. But I saw so many women in the comments saying that they understand exactly how that feels. And, you know, honestly wishing her well, because when you get to scream, like I have talked to, like I've had those moments where I'm like screaming, I'm upset because I have done what I, like I recently felt that way. Like I have literally done nothing to this person. I've done nothing but be good and kind and show love. And I would have never did them like that. I would have never done it, you know? Like, I would never treat you that way. I'm just not that kind of person. And to learn that you're not the person I thought you were and you would do me like that, it's kind of like, damn, that's very crazy. That's very crazy. And it makes you start being like, what didn't I see? What, why did I believe the love bombing in the lies? Because honestly, you just think like you, I am a good person. I'm a lovable person. I'm a great catch. 
who wouldn't fall in love with me? Literally anybody can fall in love with me. It's not, is I'm not on some braggadocious, ego-driven shit. I am a good person. You listening to this are a good person. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're intelligent. You have a personality that just people cling to. And that's why you get vultures a lot of the time because vultures can feed. They need all of that. They need to take all. They don't even know what to do with all that good energy. They're just going to take that shit and throw it. They're just going to take it and do nothing with it. But they just are. It's like they just it's magnetic to them. And we all see Cardi. No matter what, you can say what you want about that girl. That girl just got it. She has a big personality. She's beautiful, beautiful fashion forward, a mogul. She can make money doing literally anything. We see that people just genuinely love being in her presence. And she just has that it, that when people are around, when people listen to her, that she just makes shit click. Everybody does not have that, especially some men. Most men are just not likable. And until they understand it, they're and they want to be well liked, they're so insecure, they want everybody to like them, love them, that they are going to resent you for having it and for things going well with you. That is a clear, you know, sometimes that I feel like I experience where it's like I don't always my issue my my problems are not the same problems as other people, right? Like my problems are different. It doesn't negate my problems. But because people don't understand my issues or my problems, they feel like it's bullshit, right? I feel like a lot of the times that happens between men and women in relationships. My problems are not your problems. But because, you know, it's different, you don't respect it. And you feel like I just got it easy or whatever I got going on don't fucking matter, right? And that you need me and you need love and you need this and you need to be poured into. And then you're walking around with an empty cup and pouring it in other bitches' cup. And I ain't even get a little sip of the shit I poured into yours with. That's, that's that scream I heard from Cardi. Like I said, I don't know what that man did to her. I don't know if she just finally woke up and realized that she'll never get the person she thought he had the potential to be because he doesn't want to be that person been there too and it's just sad and honestly I don't ever want to have to have that scream again I don't want any of my homegirls to scream like that again I've definitely been instead of being a lot I listen to my friends have that scream and I feel like anybody that has had that scream never looked back and never everything has been up since once you let that shit out once somebody puts you to that limit, if you keep looking for it and not look back, your life will be so much better 10 times. You just got to remove that, what you're used to, out of your body. And seeing as though that happened at the end of the year, I would say if that resonated with you, let that be your fuel to keep fucking pushing. Keep your head high. I know it's hard. And I say it all the time. My brain is always combat. You know, my brain, a lot of the times I want to fight and I want not fight physically, but I want to let people know I'm not the one or the two. You're not going to play with me like that. I want to, you know, stand hard 
in my feelings. I want you to know exactly where you got me messed up at. But like somebody said, people are not as oblivious as they would like for you to believe. People know exactly what it is they're doing and they're not going to stop. They're just not. If they are able to pull like that is such an ego driven thing. Let them have that one time you scream. Let them have that. Let them do whatever it is they want to do with it. And you show them better than you can tell them. You move on with your life with purpose for yourself. Not purpose to make them jealous, but purpose so that you don't never feel like that again. Not to make them look stupid. Not to make them wish they had you. Not to get them back. Not to flex on them. You go be unapologetically thriving and happy without them. And it has nothing to do with getting get back. People see the good in you. People know that you're going to do well. Honestly, these guys never see our success. We're successful in them. People do not see your success and be like, dang, I should have never played with her like that. They don't care. Honestly, people are so egotistical. They'll try to come back and talk to you again. Again and again and again, because that's just how they are. But um, let's get into the glow up topic. The glow up topic is not too much today, to be honest. Um, I put on my Instagram things that we're leaving behind in 2023. And some, some people responded and they told me that they're leaving self-doubt and stress. Uh, Christian and Blueface, amen. Um, playing small, old men that they dated, like guys from their past that they dated. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with most of them because I feel like we've all talked about it. We have all been there. We have all, like, been through a lot this past year. And we have a lot of glow-ups this year. One thing that I believe that I'm leaving in my past is leaving in 2023 is anybody that showed me who they were this year and it wasn't positive. And I'm bringing in everybody who showed me who they were this year and it was everything I needed for them to show me. You know, sometimes when people do me wrong, I'm always like, see, that's why I don't fuck with people. That's why I say to myself. And then, honestly, this year just showed me that I don't have to be around those people. People that I honestly just thought so highly of. And I didn't think that I would be in spaces like that. I don't need to be around them. But the people who was there for me throughout this year, the people that I supported this year and received love back, these are honestly unequivocally my people and that I'm good with my people I'm good with pouring into people that can pour into me and that we are just sharing the overflow of life love survival and everything else in it um that we genuinely all just want to do better even some like even when we were doing the glow up challenges this year like I don't want to be shy I don't want to um, be scared to show my personality, show who I am, 
meet new people, have a, you know, fellowship with others. Um, that was one of the things that just told me like, you know, no more playing small, no more, you know, pouring, putting my attention in things that don't serve me. And, um, going forward into 2024, I just want to do my best to be as happy as I possibly can be with me and the people who are for me and the people that I'm for. I don't want to wake up and be angry because of what somebody didn't do or what somebody felt like was a threat to them. You know, I'm not second question, second guessing any of my motives anymore because I know who I am. I know what I do for others. I know the love I give. I know what I don't do. And I know what I don't deserve, right? Like whether it be anything, I deserve nothing but the feeling of fresh, receiving fresh flowers, love, you know, um, an A on that test you study hella hard for, that promotion that came out of nowhere, that raise, I deserve that love. I like those feelings. Those are the feelings, that feeling where, you know, your kid tells you that you are the best person in the world, that they are your remote. Those are the feelings I want to feel. You know, that filled up with joy that you can't stop crying because you're just so happy. That is what I want to bring in to 2024. I don't want anything that's not there. Like that best feeling of, you know, when you have just like worked so hard at something and it's finally the aha, the ribbon cutting moment. That's what I want to feel. I want to feel like, you know, that feeling of when you are walking off the plane and you about to head to your resort and have the time of your life with good people. I want that feeling on a Tuesday in January. Like that's what I want to feel all the time. I don't want to ever put more energy into anything that does not feel like that. I want to feel like when you and your friends ain't see each other for a long time and you sit around and drink wine and laugh and joke and you become kids again, that's the feeling I want to feel. I want to feel that my accomplishments are your accomplishments and you're happy, just as happy as I am, as you are for yourself, as I am for myself. Like, I want that feeling all the time that I've been feeling down. I've been feeling mighty low. I went and got my hair done. I want all of those feelings all the time. I'm leaving behind anything that's not that. I'm leaving behind one situation making me look at the whole world differently. I'm not going to do that no more. I'm looking at the situation for what it is, and I'm looking at that situation for what it is, and I'm still going to love. I'm still going to grow. I'm still going to pour. I'm still going to glow. I'm not looking at things jaded anymore. That's what I mean. You know, I that's what I'm leaving behind. I'm no longer going to be jaded. I'm no longer going to take one experience and make that like a whole, you know, thing, you know, if somebody got me messed up, I'm not using them as like a poster child. Why I don't love anymore. Like why I'm emotionally unavailable or why I don't trust friendships or why I don't trust, you know, anything anymore. I don't want that. I'm going to look at stuff very linear and it's like, that's one off. 
and that's just a situation I no longer need to be a part in. Um, God bless, but you know, I'm on to greener pastures. I'm on to just feeling like love and greatness and feeling my emotions. However it is, if I feel sad, I'm sad. If I feel anxious, I'm anxious, but if I can identify it, I can get through it. You know, what confuses me is when I don't know what I'm feeling. When I, you know, I want to make sure that I know exactly what I'm feeling in the moment. If I'm happy, if I'm excited, if I'm ecstatic, I want to know all of that stuff, you know? That's what I'm bringing into the new year. I'm bringing into the new year knowing that I'm not an imposter. You know what I mean? Like, I deserve everything I'm receiving. That nothing happens by chance. I'm not lucky. I'm very much blessed. I am deserving. I work hard. And everything that's amazing, I deserve. So no more accepting nothing I don't deserve. Like, I'm not accepting nothing that doesn't feel less than what I deserve anymore. That's how I want to move in 2024. I'm not talking, you know, about material things. Because when you feel like what I realized with imposter syndrome and I haven't had therapy in like two weeks and I'm not going to have therapy until like another two weeks from now, child, a month without therapy. But one thing I realized with imposter syndrome, it makes you accept shit you don't deserve because you feel like you don't deserve great things and that things happen to you by chance and like that big, amazing feeling you're just not going to get because you feel as if you've done nothing to deserve it and you're just existing and sometimes good things happen to you, but it's all by chance. It's nothing you work hard for. You're just not deserving of it. Yeah. I realize that's how imposter syndrome works for me sometimes. And that's why I might accept bullshit friendships. I might accept bullshit relationships because in my brain, I was thinking that I didn't deserve anything better and that I'm just overthinking things and it's not as bad as it seems. And maybe, you know, I can grow in it. I can't, I deserve amazing shit because I'm an amazing person. And I I do amazing things and I give people love and I give people their flowers and I deserve nothing but that shit in return. And I do receive it in return from the people that's supposed to be around me. And I can't force nobody to treat me how I deserve. I can only thrive in situations where people are going to treat me that way. If you don't want to treat me like, I can't make nobody do shit. I can't make you respect me. I can't make you do nice things for me. I can't make you. return the love and the dignity, the respect, the pro- the protection that I've given to you. I can't make you do none of that shit. But what I can do is make you remove yourself from my life. What I can do is stand ten on the fact that I deserve good shit, that nothing happens to me by chance, good, bad, or indifferent. That shit is already written before I even breath, breathe my first air in this world. My life was already written. And I just have to move in that space and remove anything that does not feel authentic to what I want and what God curated for my life. Um, So I hope that you all have a beautiful holiday season. Like I said last week, do not, you know, do anything this holiday season that does not feel authentic to you. Don't put yourself in a poor house. Don't force yourself to be in spaces that you are uncomfortable in. 
make sure that you understand that this is a magical season, that you are supposed to feel love, that even though everything is not joyous and it's not cheery for everybody, do something that can make yourself smile this season. Um, if you are lacking a family, try to spend places where you can go with like your chosen family, you know, reach out to somebody that you know that you can spend some time with this season that would make you happy. Don't wake up, you know, feeling angry and stressed and depressed about things that you cannot change. Just try to make sure that you're feeling good and loved and know that you deserve to be here and that everything that happened this year, you have marched through that shit, that you are thriving, that you deserve to be here, that you are amazing and nobody can take away from the fact that you really did that shit this year. Like you really experienced several loves this year. You probably experienced some bad situations, but you made that shit look easy. And can't nobody else do you like you do you, you know? And I pray that you go into the New Year's Eve, that you are ready for a new glow era of your life. Every year we're glowing and growing and we're entering new eras. And you just know that you did, you know, you just did. You're amazing. Can't nobody do you like you do, like I said. And this next era of your life you're walking into is going to be everything and nothing you expected before. And you just have to put faith in the fact that you are deserving of everything great. And um, one thing I learned from a user on TikTok is just keep repeating every morning. Show me how good it can get. And I'm going to start saying that every morning. Show me how good it can get because I already see how shit can get bad when you don't think about the positive. So I want to see how good life can get for me. I want to feel it. I want to see it. I want to experience it. How good can life get for me? That's what I want for all of you. So I wish you all a happy, happy new year. Happy holidays. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love you all. Be safe. And to the next year, another glow. You know, I will see you in the new year. Bye.